0: Wow! Welcome to This Here Wow, brought to you in part by Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage, the Jen Schulte team leading you home. This Here Wow is the podcast dedicated to highlighting entirely exceptional people, places and things found right here, right under our noses in South Georgian Bay. I'm Dean Holland, the lucky so-and-so charged with the exceedingly pleasurable task of pulling that all together right here each week. From the comfort of Studio 11. So, I spend what I would call a rather limited amount of time on social media each and every week. Quite frankly, I'm far too busy with so many other things in my life that to do otherwise just wouldn't be a wise choice on my part. I do, however, make a bit of time to sail through things like Instagram and Facebook to see what folks are pumping out. Some pretty clever stuff out there, I have to admit. Along with some postings that are, well, let's say, interesting. I did come across a posting that I'm quite certain was a copy and paste from someone else, who got it from someone else, etc., etc., and thought that given the current lockdown and stay at home situation that we're all experiencing once again, was worth a bit of a mention. The post I'm referring to points out the things that simply cannot be canceled or locked down things like spring and sunshine, love, relationships, devotion, reading, music imagination, kindness, hope, and conversation. I'd I'd like to add puzzles to that list, too. If you need one, let me know. We have a few extras now. Here on This Here Wow, I'm committed to keeping the conversation flowing. Conversation that is steeped in so many of the things I just rhymed off. I'm confident that each of my episode's guests will be evidence of that. They'll give you something to consider, something to gnaw on, something that'll make you go, wow. So, without further ado, let's get that conversation going, shall we? This here, this here, this here, wow! My first guest is someone I met about a decade and a half ago, while I was co-host of a local television morning show, which serviced Simcoe County and a, a bit into Grey, I recall. Typically, we would have as guests on that show about 25 people a week, and I did that for a few seasons, met a lot of people. Janie Cooper Wilson was one that really stuck with me. Janie came on the show one February, seems to me, to speak about Black History Month. Now, if you don't already know Janie Cooper Wilson, she is one of the go-to people when it comes to anything related to black history in South Georgian Bay, and beyond, quite frankly. Other things that I think you should know about Janie, and why I admire her so much, well, she's charming, exceedingly knowledgeable, extremely humble, and she shoots from the hip. I especially admire that quality. In recent years, Janie became a member of the Board of Directors for the Ontario Historical Society and a co-chair of the Cemetery Preservation and Defence Committee. I reached out to speak to Janie about whatever it was that she figured I needed to know. What we talked about were some of those things that people often avoid conversing about. And that, in my opinion, makes for a great chat.
1: And people associate a cemetery with death, naturally um and death is something that no one wants to discuss we're all going to die we start dying the minute we're born but it's it's one of those things that it's just too too hard to to come to grips with and there are many archives and people don't realize that they go by and they see tombstones and they don't understand that Below those tombstones, there were living, breathing human beings. And those living, breathing human beings are what made the history of our country.
0: Right. Those tombstones tell a story.
1: Absolutely. And it's just absolutely fascinating. I'm one of these people being, I won't go buy a dime store in Albert. I don't need to. All I got to do is go into the real history of this country. And it's just mind-boggling. The stories are, are phenomenal.
0: Now, it seems to me, Janie, that when I met you years ago, we were back then talking about some local graveyards. and That's right. And you are still involved in that uh, drive to, is it to revive them or to uh, draw attention mm-hmm. to them? Or what is the, what do we need to know about them?
1: Well, since I I was in association with you all those years ago, I'm now on the Board of Directors for the Ontario Historical Society, uh, which is a great, great honor for me. And I'm very privileged to sit as co-chair of the Cemetery Preservation and Defense Committee. And, you know, I'm dealing with all kinds of cemeteries, uh, not just Black cemeteries, but the history is crucial. And for many years, the OHS has been trying to uh, protect. When we were coming up, uh, you didn't desecrate a cemetery. You, you showed the, the respect that you would if you were going into a church, sanctified ground. And so many of these pioneer cemeteries when, when the families die off and there's no one to care for them, they're, they're just let, let go and tombstones fall over, graves fall in, and uh, it's called willful neglect. But a lot of these, these burial grounds, they've never been registered. So this is what the Ontario Historical Society is trying to accomplish, Right now, we have about 1,300 known unregistered burial sites in this province.
0: Just in the province of Ontario, 1,300.
1: Just in the province of Ontario. Wow. And the process is is so involved that, you know, I mean, the ordinary uh, citizen, they don't sit down at night, you know, when they get home from work and uh, open up the Cemetery Act the way you open up the newspaper. You know, And again, going back to it, no one wants to deal with death. They, they really don't want to deal with it. So anything to do with it, they, they don't want any part of it. And some of the things I've seen in these beautiful sites, or one time, they would have been beautiful. It's just mind-boggling. A lot of people, and this is what I'm dealing with right now, uh, a lot of these pioneer sites were part of the old family farm then over time the farm was sold and the cemetery remained
0: so that would have been very typical of the day that on the family farm they would have set aside a small area where they would have buried family members
1: that's right so what's happening today uh, you know people buy the land and if there's a known cemetery site but under the law they have to report And most people will go. Oh God, no! We don't. We don't want to. No, we don't want a cemetery on our land. And there are some to say, well, just make it go away. You know, just remove the tombstones, cover it up. Nobody will know the difference.
0: Well, keeping in mind that it is part of our history, what? How should we be handling these? What should we be doing? What's the right thing?
1: Well, everyday citizens, you know, I mean, and with COVID, people are are you know, getting in their car and they're taking little road trips because they can't go anyplace else. And if they see an old cemetery, you know, that's overgrown and, and tombstones falling over or whatever, contact me or contact the OHS and just let them know it's there and we'll look into it. It may already have been reported. Um, and then we go in and we, we investigate. And my my job I do all the research, like I research the people that are there, because it's not enough that we can say, even with descendants, say, oh, well, we've got family there. The law today is we have to prove it. And unfortunately, before 1869, death registrations weren't required. So you've got to look into other means of proving that these people are actually there. And the law um, was in place for many many years but when it comes to black people you got to keep in mind that back you know before the civil war and well into the reconstruction era uh, our people were still frightened very frightened uh, so many times in my lectures people will say well uh, you're free in Canada they were free in Canada what were, you know why were they they so frightened but there was 30 years between the time Britain freed the slaves and the time the United States did. But that didn't change the mindset. Blacks were, were meant to be servants, meant to be slaves. And you see it today. There's no respect. People don't see. There's a lot of people right now. And they're telling me the same thing today as they were telling my ancestors. Oh, that only happened in the United States. It's going on right here in Canada today. A
0: hard pill, that's a hard pill to swallow.
1: It certainly is. And we had nothing. Like when I, when I was coming up, I remember there was one book that had anything to do with black history. And it was called yeah. The Trail of the Black Walnut. Nowadays, we have so many authors that are, you know, they're writing about all the different areas. And most of them are descendants.
0: Janie, are we going in the right direction?
1: Let's put it. Now, this is my own personal opinion. Uh, I I believe that there's always going to be racists out there. No matter what we do. It's like the oldest profession. You're not going to stop it. Um, And I know I won't see much more change in my lifetime. But that, we can't become complacent either. We have to look forward to a time where as Dr. King said you know we're judged by the content of their character not the color of their skin um, it's a tough call it really is you know um, you take two steps ahead and two steps back but you've got to keep moving forward uh, I just do what I feel is right and, and try to educate you know uh, not only in my black history lectures but Uh, to show, especially our youth, how, how it all came to be, you know? And when you think about what some of these freedom seekers went through, uh, it's just incredible how they survived it, you know, just pure stamina.
0: You certainly have to have some, as you say, stamina and determination and resilience.
1: Well, you know, my father, he summed it up. He used to say you do or die. It's that simple. You either do, you, you find a way, or, or you die.
0: Seems to me that you took a lot from your dad, because I remember you talking about your dad years ago.
1: Oh, he was my hero.
0: What was his name?
1: James Joseph Cooper.
0: It's a good, his, strong, uh, regal name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, he would be so pleased. His old farm up on 6th Street, uh, you know, is now Creekside. You know, it's okay, the, yeah. yeah, the park in there is named after him. And uh, he'd be so pleased at that. He was a very simple man. He had a grade two education. He was the only boy out of six girls. And uh, spoiled. They used to say Grandpa filled up the yard with girls to get his boy. You know, and, and it was uh, when Dad spoke, I listened. But I didn't appreciate uh, all he was until I was grown, and, and um, we used to sit out in the field on a bale of hay and just talk about everything under the sun. Um, and he said to me, you know, Jane, he said, you're, when you make mistakes through your young life, he said, you're on a learning curve. He said, you learn from your mistakes and you move forward. And he said, by the time you got it all figured out, he said, you've got one foot in the grave already. And it's true.
0: It's very unfair, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's times I wish I had another 20, 30 years. But then I I realistically, um, had I not gone through some of the trials and tribulations in my life, it wouldn't have prepared me for the work that I'm doing today. You just don't have that, that life experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my dad always taught me, he said, you always look beyond the, the trouble. You don't try to solve the symptoms. He said, you go right for the crux of it. You go right to, you've got to find out what the cause is and deal directly with the cause of the problem. And he said, the longer you fiddle around with the, with all the symptoms, trying to, you know, Band-Aid this and Band-Aid that, he said, the root problem is going to get worse. So he said, just bite the bullet and get at it. And that's that's who I am. Yeah, that sounds like did. a
0: very wise man and somebody that I would have liked to sit down and have a coffee with.
1: Oh, you would have loved him. He, he was something very special.
0: So, Janie, for... Uh, people who in the area who would want to become involved or want to know more. Uh, what's the best way to do that?
1: Contact me <laughs> or contact Carolyn Wilson. Carolyn's uh, museum is just amazing. Uh, she goes about her work a little bit different than I do, but uh, it, the goal is the same to preserve the history and the uh, Everybody in the in the industry, I say the industry. Um, we all have different life experiences, as I said, and and each area the the circumstances were different. You know, the same journey, but different circumstances, and the the ancestors had to adapt to that. It's just the way it was. So, you know, we can't go back and change it, but we can come to understand it and learn from, it. you know, to help people think before they, they jump to conclusions. Seems to me um, that that's been
0: your message all along, is learn yeah. from the past.
1: That's right. Not live in it, but learn from it.
0: As Janie indicated in our conversation, feel free to reach out to her if you'd like any information about Black history in SGB, or anywhere else for that matter, if you'd like to get involved in some way, or if you happen to know of or stumble upon what you believe to be an old graveyard. You can also reach out to the Ontario Historical Society. I'll post appropriate info on the This Here Wow Facebook page. This here, this here, this here, wow! Now, before I get to my next guest, I'd like to gush for a moment about a particular individual whose calling in life is helping you buy or sell a home or the like. Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. You know, for 22 years now, Jen's been busy creating the rather impressive, top-producing Jen Schulte team right here in SGB. And what always impresses me is her seemingly endless energy and her unwavering drive that she carries with her, and quite frankly, shares with others. Jen plays a big part, incidentally, in bringing this here wow to your ears each week. Why does she do this? Well, because she, like yours truly, just knows that South Georgian Bay is so very exceptional in so many ways. Both of us share in the mantra, SGB, the place to be. So, if you're looking to build your wealth through real estate investing, or if you're looking to buy or sell anywhere in SGB, Jen and her team will help you sell smart and buy smarter, guaranteed. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, or you can go to com. So, it will likely not be surprising to anyone listening that SGB has a great number of churches, places of worship, or even what once were places of worship scattered around its landscape. Furthermore, it also wouldn't be shocking to anyone if I said that for decades now, in some cases over a century, choirs of various sizes have been part of those churches' history, and thus a great number of choir directors. First Presbyterian Church in Collingwood is no exception to either of those things. Best guesstimate is that they've had at least one choir there since its inception in 1875. As community choirs go, theirs has been a pretty big deal over the years, each Christmas and Easter presenting rather involved and large-scale concerts. Until last March, of course. At that point, after a wee bit of pondering, choir director Kimberly Rayburn Gibson made the decision to try something rather lofty. A virtual choir. As you'll soon find out, this is no straightforward endeavor.
2: I guess it's been about a year almost. I think our first one was in May. We got locked down in March. And then it was like, what are we going to do? Choirs can't sing together anymore. Choirs were really high on the list of of things that weren't going to happen for for at least a month or two. That's what we thought last March, right? Yeah. So I think we did our first virtual choir anthem in May. And of course, I was on YouTube like the rest of the world seeing all these awesome virtual choir things that were coming out. And I just thought, oh, well, we have a couple of computer people in our congregation. They could do this. So I reached out to three of them and like within seconds had no way. This is way beyond my skill level. No. (laughs) no no <laughs> oh okay and I knew if they thought it was beyond their skill level that I would just not there's no way I could do it because anyway. it's, it's
0: a lot of it's it's one thing to get people to sing their parts but it's another thing to bring that all together
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Denman Lawrenson uh, I believe you know Yancy and Denman Lawrenson he has done a lot of video editing for all of our our Christmas and Easter events over the over the last decade so he said he'd try it and uh and so he did that was his first go at it uh the anthem that we did in May and um and he's been doing it ever since he says it takes about half an hour of editing per video so if we have 40 people singing it's 20 hours of video editing. And then the sound editing starts. And he did the sound editing at first, but by his own admission, Denman is not a sound person. <laughs> we sort of giggle at that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sometimes have like a few measures behind.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I have the email and say, well, the video looks great, but... <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, John Marston took over this sound editing part um, for Denman, so now they sort of work work hand in hand. And Denman gets all of the videos assembled and then he extracts the files and gets them to John and John does the, the sound editing and I, of course, when when the videos come in, I listen to them and I'll make a note like, turn so and so down at... at This whatever second mark or uh, just so that they know that you know there may be things to watch out for or so-and-so's dog barks in in the middle of their solo (laughs) things like that (laughs) Um, so I send my notes and then uh, John does the sound editing and and he sends it to me and I listen to it and sometimes I'll send him you know string parts or synth parts or or some sort of solo part that I record on my keyboard and send that back to him. And we just sort of go back and forth for a while and eventually it all comes together. But it's a huge, it's just a huge undertaking. Mm-hmm. When I just thought, oh, just put the videos <laughs> together at first, it's just, it's a massive undertaking. So yeah. I, I'm just, blessed and lucky, fortunate, however you wanted to, to say that, that to have Denman and John that we're willing to take that on.
0: That's, yeah, it's a lot of moving parts.
2: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, we, we think, I think that, oh, getting the choir to get their videos and you know, make sure your video, your camera's horizontal and make sure you're not standing in front of your window like this, you know, all of the, all of the stuff that the choir has to sort of, synthesize and then you know get uh, get happening in their videos and then and then there's so much more once once they've done their part
0: yeah now full disclosure i have taken part in now a, a couple of them with you not all of them in the last year but a couple of them and uh and it is quite a process and it, it's it's something interesting mentally too because you're not singing with other people you don't get to hear the blend
2: and that's really hard um, you know, you hear the piano accompanying you and you have a guide voice. That's what we have when we do it. But- Sorry, I got to
0: stop you. You got a singer in the background there, right? Who is that?
2: That's my dog. He's going to go. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to shut the door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do and- I'm not a cat. <laughs> no.
0: And what, what's his name? Henry. Henry. Henry.
2: Prince Henry, actually.
0: Prince Henry. Sorry, I cut you off, but I was just laughing because as you were talking about singing, I could hear him vocalizing in the background.
2: <laughs> and literally, I've, I've sent videos into John and said, ignore the dog at the beginning. He's gone <laughs> by the time I start playing.
0: <laughs> so we were talking about the blend that you don't
2: hear as singers. Yes. So, so you know, you're singing along with that guide voice and... and you have that, but it's not, you know. The so much of the beauty is co- of the choir is hearing the basses behind you, or the altos beside you, and the, the tenors below you, and you don't. You only get to hear yourself. So, so it, it's a very lonely experience in a way, and you just have to have faith that, you know, when it's all together, you're you're going to have that feeling that you were part of a choir even though you you sang alone when you when you did your part.
0: Yes, but what we get to enjoy, which I realized when I did participate, was that we as the singers get to sit back and enjoy the final product, which we never were able to do before.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you know I know I I have to encourage people. He's outside my window. Now. <laughs> <laughs> my window. He's a menace this room. Oh, Poor.
0: He is a very persistent uh, canine, that Henry.
2: Yes, yes. and uh, If you'd like to borrow him. Sorry, where, where was I? Um, I've, I've really found myself having to encourage people. You know, it can be overwhelming if, for instance, you're singing in the Christmas choir and you have five of these videos due. And, and they take a, a, some work to do. You have to learn the song and then get everything set up and, and dress the right way and get the right lighting and make sure your dog's not in the room and, you know, all of these, these things to make the perfect uh, videos and, and then there's sort of this lag after it for people where they do their video and then there's nothing because of course it has to go to all of that editing process as well, which takes time. And so, so I, I, find myself saying you know i know it feels like a lot of work now but when you see it it's going to be worth it it's worth it to to see yourself up there with with everybody else and it is like a real choir and when you see those uh virtual choir videos all assembled you you just can't help but smile even if it's a sad song it's just like wow that's yeah. really awesome to see
0: yeah and just and, and as i say i have not participated in all of them but I, I did a little bit at Christmas and, huh. um, and uh, uh, one song for your recent Easter. Yes, so was, that was and, so
2: awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: the Hallelujah. Uh, you know, the Leonard Cohen song and, it, and uh, w- with different lyrics. But what, an, what a neat, it is that neat experience when you watch it all, when it's all finished and you get to sit back and, and watch it um, as, the, as one of the singers and get to mm-hmm. see it all put together. And it, it's, it really is quite incredible.
2: It, it, it's awesome. That's when you feel like you're part of a choir, is when you get to watch the end product. When you're doing your recording, you, <laughs> you feel like a, a lonely recording artist. But when you see it all together, you really feel like you were, and you are part of something greater. And that's what a choir is too. you know, it's the, the sum is greater than the parts, right?
0: And I have to say, you know, the the singers are not the only ones that are having to really adjust because during rehearsals, you can't hear the choir.
2: No. And you don't want to hear the choir because, of course, we all know with the uh, with lag that happens with our computers, depending on your Internet speed, your upload, your download speed. um, No one would be actually singing at the same time. And we actually did try it at one rehearsal. We thought, let's try this anthem together. (laughs) And of course, I'm playing away and they're singing away (laughs) and you could hear voices going, oh no, stop, stop. (laughs) It was a train wreck beyond. And this was a song that we all thought we knew. It was such a train wreck and everybody just belly laughed for about five minutes afterwards about how bad it was when we tried to sing together. So you really can't, it just, it doesn't work, not with our current technology. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's working on improving that though.
0: Probably, but again, because everybody's internet uh, feed is different, that's a hard one to combat. Mm-hmm. So just to, re- I mean, quick review is that, you know, you, you do a series of, of uh, rehearsals. Where again, yeah. you, as the, as the choir leader, can't hear the singers. No. And then the singers record it in their own space where they can't hear anybody else. And then they have to email you in some form or some way the, the, the videotape. And then you have somebody that puts all these together. Yes. Wow.
2: It's mind boggling. And, and, you know, for a long time and still, I would say one of the greatest challenges is them getting the video to me. And you know all about that. Because sometimes that mail drop thing works on your phone, and sometimes it goes into cyberspace, and maybe it will show up in two weeks. <laughs> Nobody knows where these videos go sometimes. So between Dropbox and what's the other one—the uh, Google Drive, the the Photo yeah, Share, talking. and the Video Share—and we
0: and transfer
2: the iPhones with yeah. the with the sometimes people airdrop them to me and sometimes people mail drop them (laughs) there are all these different ways of videos coming in
0: (laughs) my guess is that you have become a whole lot more computer savvy
2: I have and I would say so have a lot of people in the choir I don't know what he's (laughs)
1: doing Henry. I have to
2: send him back to Grandma's
0: house, really. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, I have to tell you, when I participated, one of my favorite things, other than the singing itself, was that you opened the doors to the Zoom meeting about a half hour before. And it was so delightful because you, all of these people are all chatting back and forth, yeah. having this mass conversation.
2: <laughs> and you're trying to see which box is lighted up, who's talking.
0: Yeah. But yeah. in, a, in a world where so much is not going the way we would like to right now, mm-hmm. um, there are those moments that are very, very charming, very endearing and very connected somehow.
2: Yeah, you would think, oh, it's just computer. I don't really want to do it. But once you do it, you know, you really feel good that you touch base with all of those people and you laughed about whatever it was you laughed about. And, and it, it is meaningful even though it's you know just on a screen it's meaningful screen time i think Mm -hmm. and i know at 7 p.m when the when the mics get muted and i start talking and and of course then it becomes like i'm like the radio host right and i speak for an hour and a half i don't know how you do it by the end of it i'm so exhausted where's my water (laughs) <laughs> that's great that's but great. yeah that half hour before is definitely catch up time and and laughing time
0: I think it's great
2: <laughs> yeah it know. really is it's 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 keeping a lot of us connected in a time when you know we we need these connections now especially going into this this new and even stricter lockdown Hard.
0: Well, and I I think it's tremendous that you, especially considering all the time and effort that it takes, that you continue to do this because it does, it helps. Thanks, Dean. I do believe that you can find some of the choral anthems that Kimberly and I spoke about on YouTube, if you're so inclined. Worth the look and the listen, in my opinion, especially now having a better understanding of the entire process, might now make for even a bigger wow. If you're interested in catching the monthly choral offerings that they put out as part of their weekly services, well, I suggest you go to their website. I'll post it on the This Here Wow Facebook page. And that brings me to the point in the program where I express in my typically bass baritone voice endless gratitude to each of my wonderful guests. Thank you for taking the time to be part of this week's episode of This Here Wow. I sincerely appreciate the time we shared chatting. Even greater is my appreciation for the contribution you've made to the SGB culture. We are all very, very lucky to be able to be here in this rather exceptional landscape called South Georgian Bay. Of course, I'll have an entirely different bunch of wows to bring your way next week. There's no shortage of them here in SGB. I promise you that. Now, if you have any questions or comments, or perhaps there's a wow that you think should be on my radar, please send me an email. at thisherewow.com will get that job done. You can also go to my website, deanholland.com. That's Dean, dot com, And I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much to the Jen Schulte team. Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. brokerage. Just go to team.com. Thanks also to my technical producer, Ben McCauley, for cutting and pasting the show together so nicely each week. Thanks also to my favorite IT guy Mitchell. Special thanks to Ash. Love to G. And a really big thanks to you too. I look forward to us being together again next week for another installment of this here Wow. Until then, I'm Dean Holland. Do 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 do, 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 do.
1: this here this here this here Wow.